Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Under the radar. That's right. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Under the Radar with me, Chua Tiantian. Now, I want to start today's segment by asking how many of you listeners are tuning into this conversation using the web, either via your laptops, computers, or mobile devices. Have you ever wondered what's behind a 4G or Wi Fi connectivity? What if I tell you it's a network of shoebox-sized devices sending lasers to one another? Well, that's what Singapore-based startup Transcelestial does to bring super-fast connectivity to the masses. The company also recently backed $10 million US dollars in its Series A2 funding led by Airbus Ventures. Now, other investors include uh, CapVista, which is the strategic investment arm of Singapore's defence science and technology agencies. Now, Transcelestial has said then that the funds will be used to ramp up growth in Indonesia, India, the Philippines, Malaysia and Singapore. But we are going to find out whether the company is on track to achieve that. Now for more, let's speak to Rohit Jha, CEO and co-founder of Transcelestial. Well, Rohit, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And great to have you in studio with us as well. Um, Rohit, uh, Transcelestial, as far as we understand, is this laser communication startup. You aim to bring super fast connectivity to the masses. Uh, what is your value proposition and in what ways are laser communications different from, you know, traditional wireless communications like fiber, like satellite-based communications? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, for, uh, we do have to cover a little bit about like what, why Translastel is kind of building this technology. Mm-hmm. So uh, I grew up in a part of India where connectivity was very hard to get. And that's the story for a bulk of my team, actually. Um, the core belief tenet that the company has is that connectivity is a human right, uh, mm. like various other Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, when we started looking at uh, our civilization's growth in the next couple of decades, mm. we look at not only growing on the planet, but also in deep space. Mm. And that's a, today a reality. Uh, but we don't see a viable way of bridging the communication gap as we expand our civilization. And mm. so hence Transcelestial. Uh, lasers are a default way of communicating in space. We have been spending decades uh, with space agencies yeah. testing this in deep space. But what we felt was that if this is a technology of the future, it should solve today's problems. Mm. Um, today, more than half the world is not only unconnected, but also more than that is underconnected. That mm. means people don't have access to high-speed internet uh, at reasonable and affordable price points. Mm. Uh, and that's that's what Transcelestial and the technology of laser comms is trying to deliver. Do you mind me asking <coughs> one question, which is, oh, you talked about the people being underconnected, yeah. and uh, what is the gap of fiber or satellite-based communications that uh, yeah. that is re- that results in in this uh, underconnectivity, if, if I may put it that way? Yes. Yeah, uh, so. If you ask a common person on the street, how do they get internet to their phones or their homes? Uh, nine out of ten people usually think it's from some kind of satellites in orbit that give them internet. The reality is internet today is delivered nearly every place on Earth. Nearly 99% of that is delivered through a massive series of undersea cables in the ground. Um, so we call it uh, the big internet distribution problem, right? Internet is delivered in three stages. You have these huge undersea cables which cost billions of dollars, and they connect to continents like, let's say, U.S. and Asia or mm-hmm. U.S. of Singapore. Uh, Singapore itself has roughly three to five undersea cables powering internet 
for the whole landmass. Once it comes up, uh, then you have intercity connectivity. So you have all these major cities like, let's say, Cebu and Bali and Jakarta connected to each other as a mesh. And then finally, you have distribution within a city. So how schools and cell towers and homes and hospitals, et cetera, are connected. So basically, an internet is a network of networks. And as you can imagine, like this requires hundreds and thousands of uh, governments and private Mm -hmm. telecoms to work together to make it happen. And mm-hmm. hence lies the complexity and challenges. So what LaserComs does is basically what we have done is taken the technology which sits inside a fiber optic cable and we now make it run wirelessly. So inside of fiber, you have lasers which transmit data. But now that we can actually run it wirelessly, suddenly we can match the speeds and capability of a fiber optics without spending tens and hundreds of millions of dollars in actually delivering that to people Mm. and uh, communities around the world. And you can also do it very, very quickly like any other wireless technology. So compared to traditional satellite or traditional wireless technologies, this is thousand to a million times faster. So would it be right to say that a business is very different from OneWeb, Starlink, or even Sumitomo Electric, which makes optical fibers? It's very different from that in terms of the offerings and your industry positioning then. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, Sumitomo is kind of like a different beast because in that situation, they're just making a fiber cable. Mm. So they're not really involved in actually delivering connectivity to any place. But yeah, if you look at traditional satellite players like OneWeb and Starlink and Mm. stuff, although they're doing a pretty good job, but they're really catering to less than 1% of the people. So Mm. people who are living on uh, ships and farms and super remote rural areas. Mm. What Transcelestial is really focused and worried about is the bulk of the population, right? Mm. Your people sitting in not tier one cities, but tier two, tier three cities, tier four cities. So your big ones like Bali and Cebu and uh, and Austin's Texas is of the world and stuff. And mm. how do they get access? And that's where the bulk of the people are going. Uh, bulk of businesses are going. And mm. so it's about time we were, did something to build backbone and connectivity to these communities. Mm, And now you're getting onto a topic that I am very excited about, and that is money, Rohit. Money, what's a trans-celestial business model like? Who are your main customers? Which are the telcos and enterprise partners you're partnering with to deliver those 4G broadband connectivity? Yeah, so uh, our trans-celestial started working backwards on the internet connectivity problem. So today we are helping connect communities within a city or between cities. Uh, And we are slowly working to our way towards an orbital network, which will be able to power entire cities from orbit. Uh, As of today, our footprint spans across APAC, including India and Oceania. And uh, with the current amount of funding, uh, the recent round, we are actually expanding into the U.S. market. Mm. Um, In Asia, we pretty much work with every single biggest telco that you can (laughs) name. Uh, Today, uh, one of the examples that I can give is uh, who's also an investor for us is mm. Globe Telecom in Philippines. Mm. And with them, we have been deploying across Visayas and Mindanao and a few other areas in mm. Philippines, uh, ramping up 4G networks uh, in those areas and beefing that up with high-speed access. Uh, another example closer to home would be Penang. Um, so mm. back in November, just a week before the uh, FIFA World Cup, we were able to actually mm. send in parallel lasers into the island uh, to power internet connection for almost 30-plus villages and because mm. of that, they were able to see high-speed uh, access to FIFA World Cup during mm. that time. So this is these kind of examples are what we are doing, like 
literally across the whole region. Mm, I understand you said that you work with almost all the major players here in Singapore, but uh, help us understand your current footprint here in terms of whether it's manufacturing those uh, shoebox yeah. devices that send lasers. And uh, would it be right to assume that the company is profit-making right now? So what Translastal is really focused on is long-term value creation. Uh, so we are literally one of the only companies in the world looking at bringing this technology from it being made in garages around the world to actually being made in a, in a high-scale, high-production environment and delivered to customers on an enterprise scale, right? Mm-hmm. Today, anyone can make an electric car in their garage, but it takes a single company to make millions of these in a factory with consistent scale. So that's what we focused. Uh, we build from Singapore for the world. Mm-hmm. Today, Singapore really doesn't need much of our technology because there's a lot of fiber connectivity. Yeah. But it's a great place to build... Uh, high R&D deep tech company like this and scale the uh, scale with investments across, as you mentioned, CapVista is a great example, EDB, Enterprise Singapore, all of these have been massive supporters for us since mm. day one. Uh, yeah. So we have one of the world's largest production facilities for making laser communication technology in Singapore, actually. Uh, and so we churn around 2,500 of these shoebox-sized devices annually mm. uh, around this. So that's the impact that Singapore has on our business and in the region. Right now. Mm. And if you're just tuning in, we're now speaking to Rohit Jha, CEO and co-founder of Transcelestial. And uh, well, uh, Rohit, let's take a look at the wider business environment you are in. According to Astute Analytica, the global laser communication market is forecast to see a major rise in revenue to some 3.64 billion US dollars by 2030. Question is, uh, do you agree with this? What do you consider to be the number one trend in the laser comms market? While that CAGR number is very impressive and double-digit, mm. uh, the estimates are extremely short of what this technology can do. Mm. Um, so to give you an example, the just the uh, urban connectivity market mm. uh, is around a 20 to $25 billion, which encompasses mm. your 4G and your home broadband and stuff. Right. Uh, laser communication is poised to get at least 20% to 30% of that mm. market, which is around 3 to $5 billion just on that urban connectivity. Mm. But beyond that, the global broadband internet market is almost a $1.2 trillion market. And a portion of that, which can be delivered from space, is deemed to be almost at least $800 plus billion in broadband services from space. We think that Transcelestial, with our space network, eventually can get to almost $170 to $80 billion in market cap Mm. with that. So, as you can see, these numbers are, are massive and what yeah. we are doing now is just scratching the surface. Right. And I do want to take a look at Transcelestial's recent uh, Series A2 funding, $10 yeah. million US dollars, and it's led by Airbus Ventures. Uh, I understand that the strategic investment arm of Singapore's Defence Science and Technology Agency have participated as well. So, you guys said the funds will be used to ramp up growth in Indonesia, India, Philippines, Singapore. How's that coming along? Yeah, so I mean, to be honest, these are all existing investors. So Airbus and Capista both have been investors in our A1 round around two years ago. Mm. And as they are seeing us grow in importance, uh, especially on the ground, and a lot of behind-the-scenes work being done for our space connectivity business, uh, they took a step forward with our focus on U.S. Airbus took a step forward and decided to lead that round for us. Um, but these are people who have seen us working in the last year or so, and and they trust and value the technology we are building. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of uh, within the region, as I mentioned, like we've been working with a lot of 
telcos and ISPs. And so really what this is going to do is drive our partner network deeper. We work mm. with a network of partners. And what we want to do is just double down on that. There's mm. this huge amount of works we can do here. Um, and then, of course, U.S. is a very, very interesting market. Yeah. And we can talk a bit more about that. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about U.S. here. You intend to explore collaborations over the next one year with government, enterprise and telco leaders yeah. in select states. So why U.S.? Uh, what are the opportunities, the status yeah. right now? So that's interesting. Like uh, a lot of people, when they come to Asia, they are like, oh, there's, there's definitely a lack of connectivity here. But the reality is if you've ever been to like even Silicon Valley, like internet just sucks there. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> and uh, and that's supposed to be some of the best kind of uh, uh, technical ecosystems that's out there. So to resolve that, when Biden came to power uh, with FCC and NTIA, mm. they rolled out a $45 billion infrastructure upgrade program which upgrades broadband across the whole U.S., right? Um, we thought that that goal is very ambitious and it can be done significantly faster with our technology. Hmm. Now, one of the, uh, there's, there's a bunch of U.S. Uh, investment arms, the investors that are part of us, Airbus Ventures, InQtel, um, and with the help of some of these guys, we are going to be tackling home and office broadband. Hmm. We're going to be tackling 5G fixed wireless access, and mm. make sure we can deliver this to communities across the U.S. in the next 12 to 24 months. And Rohit, uh, I've only got about 30 seconds to go, but I have two very quick questions yeah. for you. One is, uh, what are the future plans for your company? Is an IPO on the cuts? Two, is Silicon Valley banks collapse? Right. What would that mean for you in terms of managing your finances as a startup? Very easy answer for IPO, no. The public markets are really bad. Yeah. And I think for the company, there's, as I said, we are focused on long-term value creation. Mm. We have decades ahead of us. And we want to kind of keep the R&D and momentum high on technology innovation, which is usually what becomes difficult once you're a public company. Mm. Um, we do have an upcoming space program. There's some very exciting stuff we've been doing in the last month or so, which we'll be able to announce very soon. But that's our first step towards getting this capability in space. Um, Silicon Valley Bank. Well, <laughs> that's a hot topic right now. The reality is like it's a non-news at the moment, right? Mm. Like uh, with the resolution around with both the US government and the UK government was very swift. Uh, they have guaranteed all depositors money. Some of my friends have already gotten access back to their mm. bank accounts. Uh, and there is literally no loss in terms of to these startups. Mm. Uh, uh, what is going to have a challenge right. is venture debt. Right. So Silicon Valley Bank was very well known for venture debt provisions within the ecosystem. And with that gap being there, that's going to be something that let's see who goes into fill. But when it comes to Asia and Asia ecosystem, mm. most companies, most startups here, most VCs here bank with mm, local banks, right, right. which have amazing cash reserves and capital reserves. So yeah, that's all good. Right. Thanks very much, Rohit. That was Rohit Jha, CEO and co-founder of Trans Celestial. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. 